Hey gang, this episode drops July 3rd, which is less than two weeks away from our next live show at the Philly Podcast Festival. Andrew and I are taking on the great Muppet caper. That's right, we're getting puppet action. Come see us Sunday, July 16th at 6 p.m. at Tattooed Mom, 530 South Street, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. More details on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash dissectingthe80s. You can see the event there. And more information about the festival at phillypodfest.com. Hope to see you there. Konnichiwa, and hello to our dissectomaniacs all over the world. Uh, we've had a recent influx of Japanese listeners over the last three months, so I want to take a special second to say thanks. Uh, and thank you to everybody who listens to this show. We really appreciate it. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear how you found out about us. So if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, it's at Dissectomania. And uh, send us a quick tweet and say, hey, here's how I found your show. We're always curious, but especially curious uh, for those listeners that we've seen recently in Japan. Because we just, well, we're kind of puzzled by the fact. We Cannot were super flattered. where you came from. Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we think it's really It was an cool, open so. house party. So like, there's, thank you for coming. <laughs> but we just, how'd you find out? Yeah, exactly. So we're thrilled that you're here, and thank you for listening. We just uh, wondered how you found us. This summer, July 14th, 15th, 21st, and 22nd, uh, is my choreography debut with You've Got Red on You, an original Shaun of the Dead musical parody written specifically for Bootless Stageworks in Wilmington, Delaware. You can look up Bootless Stageworks or You've Got Red on You. They have Facebook. They have uh, webpage you can buy tickets uh there is a, a huge splatter zone called the pit with a pond liner it's a super fun bloody time we're gonna try and sell something that resembles cornettos and probably sell uh some frozen margaritas because it'll be the dead of july so uh come on out we're coming to get you barbara anyway i think we should start the show Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and with me, as always, is a man who can't spin a web of any size, but you should look out for him, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. I like that there's no context for why you should look out for me. <laughs> am I falling on you? Am I like an up-and-comer in some way? Just look out. It's- it's almost like I generally start doing that bit before I've thought of the thing that I'm going to say, and I just hope that uh, the words will come out of my mouth and form logical sentences. An improvisation. <laughs> Quote Michael okay, well, Scott. Well, I'm just going to keep talking, and eventually words will be there. Uh, served me well so far in life. So We're doing two episodes of Spider-Man cartoons from the 80s. We didn't want to pick, and we thought it might be fun to do a little compare-contrast among two different series that came out. Uh, both started in 81. Uh, only Spider-Man and Amazing Friends continued, but they both came out the same year. So we watched two episodes of animated Spider-Man cartoons. You know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your radioactive spider. Something's gotta be done about your radioactive spider. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Mega powers, yeah. This baby hits 88 miles per hour. You're going to see some serious shit. Uh, so the first uh, episode we watched was from the show just called Spider-Man, and it's the capture of Captain America. And then we're going to talk about a an episode from Spider-Man and his amazing friends that has the X-Men in the title, but I can't remember it exactly. Do you remember it? I want to say it's the one with the X-Men. Oh, the one with, yes, that's definitely, they definitely use that friends naming yeah. device for their episodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's where Friends got it, actually. It came from Spider-Man and his amazing Friends, and then Friends, the TV show, is like, we'll just take that. It's actually, Friends is actually a reboot of Spider-Man and his amazing Friends, but through workshopping, it just became Friends. Also, the show Friends is more homogenized and white than the cartoon Spider-Man and his amazing friends from 1981. Just, just the thing it I is. noticed. Yep. <laughs> Spider-Man and his amazing friends, more representative of New York City than Friends. um so let's start with uh spider-man the the capture of captain america you get a full 60 seconds of 60s sounding title music 
Yeah, it is very odd and old sounding. It's also like weird glass flute sounds. It's a kind of a weird vibe to a Spider-Man theme song. It sounds like the um I can't I know I used to know the real name for it, but it's the the transition music that they used in Austin Powers. Oh, the like Yeah. It's it's got that this I don't I don't know why cuz they both of the shows we watched had that like 60s sound to their theme song and I don't know why. Because it was, like, squarely the 80s. Yeah, I mean, I could see it being 70s sounding from that, but it definitely sort of has a swinging 60s vibe. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, we start, this one has a villain roundup intro that's just basically like, here's all the guys that Spider-Man punches sometimes. Yeah, it's, that, it's, it's what I appreciate in my 80s children's cartoons, where it's like, we're going to tell you what you're in store for. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board. It's like, I assume that we're all idiots here, because in the, at least in the case of this podcast, we definitely are. Mm-hmm. And put a, put make it easy for us. But I I am I saw a Bebop and Rocksteady t shirt today at Hot Topic. Like did you a, buy sixteen of style. Them? No, there was only one left, and it was like a oh. it was a small. And oh. I was like, I don't think I'm a small right now. <laughs> um, uh, and in this world, Spider Man comics exist, and that's something I didn't realize yeah. was a thing. Yeah, they're in universe. There are Spider Man comics, which is a weird kind of a weird move for for this this thing i feel like we watched another thing or there's another relatively famous property where in the movie they talk about the stuff and not like space balls obviously like yeah uh, yeah so we get to J. john jameson's office and <laughs> I, I will never I love, not see jk simmons no he is the best J. john jameson there ever is was or will be and and if marvel was smart he'd have been brought back i don't care if it's a different universe i want i want him to be in every franchise even in the park, in that Spider-Man ride, I want it to just be alive, amidst the CGI, alive J.K. Simmons. <laughs> he has to just live in the park? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's working 240 days a year at a theme park, yelling. <laughs> yeah, his kids, his kids can come free on holidays. <laughs> it's not like the Harry Potter ride where they just like filmed it and made it CGI, you know, like uh, hologram-y yeah, feeling. we can he- try that, but like, it, I feel the authenticity... I'm with you. I J. Jonah Jameson is the best is best portrayed by J.K. Simmons. Thank you. I, I was like, there's too many J's. My brain can't do this. Like, if there's if there were it was ever going to be an award ceremony where they awarded best portrayal of J. Jonah Jameson, the award would go to J.K. Simmons. Yeah. So it is weird. Also, the thing that I found very strange is this version of J. Jonah Jameson has a Hitler mustache. It's. I think it's one of those things where when they zoom out, because the detailing is so lost in this style of cartoon that it just yeah. defaults to Hitler. But when it's up close, it's not quite so Hitler. Right. It's like a double Hitler. Like, like a double, double wide Hitler. It's a yeah. double wide <laughs> But like all these times I'm looking at it, I'm going... No wonder this dude is sucking up to Captain America because people are going to walk down the street and be like, holy crap, it's That's Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm Captain America's friend, no one's going to fight me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so J. Jonah Hitler Jameson is a really big fan of Captain America, and he thinks he is like a worthwhile superhero, whereas Spider-Man is like a big menacing nuisance, which doesn't really jibe, if I'm being honest. I mean, I guess because like the government, it was like government-supported heroism. Mm. as opposed to spider-man's like vigilante technically heroism so it's a real nationalism patriot patriotism thing that we're working on as a subtext for this spider-man children's cartoon <laughs> well I, th- I think it seems like J- jameson's thing is like spider-man is a menace and a vigilante but like captain america is sanctioned by all of the places like captain america fights crime the right way he does hashtag yeah. white way yeah exactly <laughs> um he's fighting crime the white way yeah exactly <laughs> boy that's that's a whole different kettle of fish huh well we did we did just call <laughs> J. Jonah jameson hitler like two <laughs> seconds ago so that that wasn't really a leap so much as like a small step over a puddle yeah no that's that's true but anyway uh my favorite part of this cartoon i think is uh well second favorite in uh there's like a movie tone newsreel where it's like captain america and why did they have this at the daily bugle <laughs> like it was like the origin story of captain america on <laughs> 1940s newsreel yeah and it's just in their archives for some reason it's a newspaper like why <laughs> your print <What? laughs> but they just have this and uh 
And that he like forces his entire staff to watch this like after Isn't he Captain hands America flags. great? Yeah, it's he pull, really, he opens really weird. his desk drawer and pulls out like little flags, like the kind you wave at a parade size. Yeah, it, like the drawer is full of them, and he pulls yeah, out no, three to hand to his employees. <laughs> I was like, he was he was so over the top. I thought it was going to be like a a twist, and like it's actually Red Skull wearing J. Jonah Jameson as like a bodysuit. That would have been good. Yeah. Instead, we saw Red Skull in a purple in a purple bathrobe. Yeah, Red Skull is like real kind of gay icony. Like I know He's the Babadook. Loungy. I know the Babadook just became a gay icon. I haven't seen the movie. Wow. Is that a like a thing that makes no, sense? No, it's nonsense. No. Okay. It's, I mean, I mean, I I embrace it fully, but like, I cannot see how you would read that movie as a as a. Well, you know what? I'm probably not the right person to ask. So so maybe maybe I. Okay. Let me. I'm doing a lot. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of double. I'm doing a lot of backpedaling, double clutching. I sincerely believe that the person who started that bit was doing a bit, like, was being funny, mm-hmm. based on what I saw, like, screenshots from Tumblr. Uh, far be it from me to dictate what anyone feels is an icon for them. And so if if there is a segment of the gay community that thinks the Babadook is a new gay icon for them, like, bravo, enjoy, I'm, I'm on board, I'm behind you. But I... I personally watched that movie and could not pinpoint a single thing in it that was like, oh, yeah, this is a subtle allegory for homosexuality. Now, it's on my list to watch. I will watch now, it and report now back. It's possible. it's possible that I'm way off here, but, like, you know, I, I, can get, I can get symbolism. I'm not that thick, but I don't think that this is a sincere thing. Well, that, like, part of, like, I, I can't go to all of Pride this year because I have a, a show – and I, part of me is really pissed that I'm going to miss all these assholes in Babadook costumes just right. dying of heat stroke. Yeah, yeah, really uncomfortable. Like in the 90 degree June sun, head to toe black, just like, it's going to be a litter of dead dead people dressed all in black. Just, heat, <laughs> just a wave of heat stroke. And then you at the end with your backpack full of vodka, vodka. Gatorade. Yeah, <laughs> wearing, sh- wearing shorter alls and a camelback full of vodka, and that's it. <laughs> They're like, well, uh, Pride in Philadelphia is canceled forever because we found 148 people turned into shriveled up husks. Previously, we only thought this was possible with alien encounters in cheesy movies, but apparently Babadook costumes and uh, camelbacks full of vodka will do that to a human. Who knew? Who knew? I'll have to... Have you seen the drag queen performing as the Babadook? No, but I'm sure it's lovely. It is. um, It's it's got uh, strip reveals of other black double-breasted coats <laughs> it is just beautiful uh my favorite my, uh, this is the last babadook anecdote we gotta get off the babadook it's just not a babadook fan if it's cast. not a sound if it's in a sound if it's in a look you can't get rid of the babadook trip <laughs> we, we called it in it's a great movie you should watch it preferably with surround sound because it's creepy but my favorite babadook thing of all time is one of the editors for either jezebel or gawker i can't remember which she posted this picture that was like her in full-on babadook costume like oh at a party yeah face paint makeup the whole deal because she thought the halloween party was like a halloween party and what her friends thought was a halloween party was like drinking wine and eating cheese and watching a scary movie and so it's a picture of her in like not just a costume, but like <laughs> a committed like a, costume, a, a committed to it, elaborate costume. It's not like she bought like a fourteen dollar Raggedy Ann dress and put it on. Like she painted her face and stuff. And so she, it's a picture of her like holding a glass of Pinot Gris, dressed as <laughs> with the, the nails, with the yeah, then, nails. <laughs> yes, and everyone else at the party is dressed like uh, your average like middle-class white person like button-down shirts for guys and dresses for ladies and it is like just fantastic did you see the response so yeah she posted that and said yeah yeah i hate so so my friend invited me to a halloween party that i thought was going to be a a dress him up a dress him up time instead was an adult's drinking wine party and then someone replied well i went to a party thinking it was an adult's drinking wine party turns out it was a babadook dress-up party and so it's one normal dressed person surrounded by Babadooks all drinking what? wine. Yes. Yes. It is beautiful. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, anyway, you should watch the Babadook. <laughs> Sponsored that's by one. Babadook. Yes, this episode is brought to you by the Babadook. Available on Netflix. Um, 
But seriously, it's a very good movie. You should watch it. Um, Spidey looks so, like he's in his like late wait, 30s. Wait, so I didn't even... I, okay, he does, but wait. So I didn't even get a thing. So like Red Skull's kind of like a... I don't... I hope this word isn't uh, inflammatory, but like he's kind of a dandy. Like, <laughs> I think that's the least inflammatory, inflammatory word you could use. Like, no, well, one's, defa- I don't, no one's offended I don't, by it now, but, like, I guess, like, that's the word you picked? <laughs> well, because he, he, like, it strikes me as, like, whatever Herr Schmidt, is that what his name was before he turned into Red Skull? Oh, I don't know. Well, whatever his, his he was before he became Red Skull, like, he must have been, like, a very stylish dude. Like, like I'm not suggesting that means anything about his sexuality. Keep your Babadook t- questions <laughs> and, and insults to yourself. I just mean, like, he dresses in a very, like, foppish manner. He's got this, like, the purple coat. The first time and we I, see him is a purple bat, like a purple dressing gown. It says, like, a smoking jacket. Yeah. And he also has an ascot. And then he tells the... Who I think was the computer Nazi from Winter Soldier. Was, yeah. that, was that him? Yep. He tells him, he's like, comb your hair. You look like rubbish. And I was like, what? That's what I'm saying. Like, he's kind of a dandy. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, no, it, it certainly was. Also, the part in the in the Captain America movie tone newsreel mm-hmm. where he gets, like, encapsulated in ice is very... It <laughs> doesn't make op- any sense. No. He, like falls in the arctic and then it's like, they don't even say it's the arctic he just falls into an ocean yeah and then they're all of a sudden is surrounded by a perfect cube of ice yeah it's very strange and they're like then he thawed out and went back to fighting crime okay i guess i guess <laughs> sure sure <laughs> there's this like mysterious machine in red skulls thing that just is like a classic cartoon machine where they draw a box and put a bunch of blinking lights on it they put, they put those two th- prongs at the top with the electricity in between. Yep, yep. And then, like, all of the lights are also buttons sometimes if they decide that they need that. They just, like, not? work just be both there. ways. Just yeah, yeah. Um, so the, uh, the Captain America Day comes and... and well, J. Jonah Jameson decides it's Captain America Day, and somehow that be- makes it a holiday? Yeah, apparently newspapers can just make holidays in the Marvel Universe. I mean, Facebook can make holidays in this universe. Well, that's true. That's true. They do just make them up. Um, but I also, I'm like, how long can Peter Parker defend Spider-Man before people are like, dude, are you like boning Spider-Man or are you Spider-Man? <laughs> because one no, of those two yeah. has to be the thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. He he is so obviously a stand for Spider-Man that it's ridiculous. Like, like all right, we, we get it. Everyone seems to dislike him except you, Peter. Or because he was like, gee, if only... Spider-Man got his own day. What would he have to do to get his own day? And I was like, dude, don't blow your cover. <laughs> also, the whole idea that like Peter Parker exclusively gets photos of Spider-Man is not say the best idea for cover. Like, I feel like I feel like Spider-Man should be leaving anonymous phone calls at other newspapers and being like, I'm going to be fighting crime at 4 p.m. at the corner of Lombard and 8th. Corner of Lombard and 8th. L O M B A R D. <laughs> an eighth like the number <laughs> see there and like hang up the phone like I, again this is a silly thing but the idea of the cover being so perfect that peter parker is also everyone would know he was his best friend obviously mm-hmm. um and like i said before the, this this is the style of c- cartoon where when you pull back you can't get any detail like right. all detail goes at the window. So there's a scene where Cap is holding his shield at his side and it's got some nice like highlight to it. Like there's like white streak strikes streaks on it. But the star looks like it was drawn by someone who had like someone who's right-handed and had their left hand smashed with a hammer and then drew a star with that left hand. Yeah, absolutely. They also do my favorite comic or not comic, uh, cartoon cheat where you have a static it's like ken burns effect where you have like a static like all people are standing in a line and you just like move the camera over the yeah. picture instead of moving the people in the picture uh there's a bunch of that in both of these cartoons which is like you know saving a few bucks on an animation thing where it's like all right draw the line and then draw a line of people and then just move the camera and i guess they aren't both avengers at this point which i didn't know yeah they don't seem to really know each other too because so jj jameson gets gassed by the red skull who then impersonates him and and then uh so Cap's receiving an award with fake Jonah Jameson on the stage, and Spider-Man has his spider senses tingle, which actually does a really cool, like, superimposed thing. Yeah, I really liked the way they showed that. 
that he gets it's this like cool kind of flashing superimposed effect over top of peter parker to show his spider senses are tingling he like turns back and forth into spider-man it's kind of cool and then his head it's cool yeah yeah um and then it turns out that you know j jonah jameson is not actually j jonah jameson and captain america gets hit by the gas so peter parker is like i'll be right back i forgot my film smooth smooth cover dude like come on dude that's you have to have if you're gonna be a superhero you need to have a good excuse rolodex that's the only thing there is like you just gotta have a deep well of excuses to draw from if your job is a photographer and you were photographing an event your excuse can't be i don't have any film Right, because then you're bad at your job. Like that, <laughs> objectively, you are bad at your job if you don't have film as a fucking photographer in the non-digital uh, camera age. Like, it, get it with it. It's in my head. I'm trying to think. Like, it's like an uh, my cover is an ice hockey player, and I go, "Oh no, I, I forgot one of my skates. I have to go buy one." You you don't forget that. You no, can't just you forget don't. that thing. Yeah, exactly. Now, to be fair, I did once do that as a youth <laughs> hockey player. <laughs> so so maybe, the film, maybe the film is uh, film excuse is a little better than we are giving it credit for. Um, so Cap 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 gets gassed and he throws his shield, which hits Spider Man, and then he he gets bl- Spider Man gets blamed for Captain America getting taken down, and immediately the whole crowd turns on him. And I don't understand why it's his fault. He's yeah. like swinging in to say, to like help out. Gets hit by Captain America's shield, throws a tracker onto the shield, clearly throws something onto the shield, and then everyone's like, this is all your fault. You're probably working with the Red Skull. What? Yeah. That's a jump. He didn't do anything to to, to, to either help or hurt the situation. He just showed up late. Yeah, exactly. But people immediately flip on him and are like, ah, I'm going to kill you. Um, And then we get a 10-year-old newsie with the voice of a 50-year-old man. I have the same thing. It is... The kid's voice is like, "Hey, anybody want to buy some Daily Bugles?" It's like Baby. It's Baby Herman from Roger Rabbit, because like you hear the voice first, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And and then they pan up from the newspaper, and it's like a ten-year-old, curly-haired, bright-eyed boy, like newsie. Yeah, it needs to be extra, extra. Read all about it, and instead, it's everybody want a paper. Like it's just the worst. I like the weird blend of like British and New York. (laughs) <laughs> for your, new, your your newsie is also a pickpocket. Yeah, he's a charming little ruffian. Um, so he goes to Stan's costumes to get a Captain America costume. But wait, also there's a great montage of like everybody throws away all their Spider-Man shit because they're just like, well, the, the, he's he's clearly working with the Red Skull. This kid throws away like you know a hundred dollars worth of Spider-Man comics, easily a hundred, and in a time when comics were like twenty five cents. Exactly. Kid, you just threw away your grandkid's college fund, just so you know. And at one point, he's, like, swinging, and he gets knocked into an American flag, and it This rips. is the best part of the whole thing. I was, yes. like, I was like, I feel like I'm watching today's America, that, like, <laughs> one slip up, and it'll snowball, and you will be hated. And so, like, the flag rips, and he falls on it, and they're like, no, he's desecrating the flag! Everybody get him! <laughs> It's really wonderful because he like loses his balance or something and he grabs the flag for support and it's like, Ooh, old oh, old glory, no. saving my bacon yet again. And then it does that slow, like tear, 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 and fall and rip. It's lovely. It's my favorite. That's my favorite part of the episode. That, that's like, a real good they one. Used, yeah. And also like kind of a gutsy thing for the comic, the cheesy kids cartoon to do. Like, you yeah, know, have to desecrate the red flag. People uh, taking that real seriously. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, also, I'm just going to say it, Red Skull's ship is a penis. Oh, yeah. He, he <laughs> calls it a skull ship, but I was like, that is a penis ship. It is literally the car from the ambiguously gay duo circa 90s, 2000s era SNL. Like, it's it's a penis. It just It's a pink thing with, like... It's orangey, it's, so... It's pretty pinkish orange. I, I'm not saying it's... It is shaped like a penis, but it is like a, an orangey color. Okay. But it is. I had to like pause the episode and take a screenshot because I was like, "This, this is a penis. This ship is a penis. How do we get here, <laughs> Spider-Man? How do we get here?" So yeah, uh, sorry, I jumped in. At the, we have the Spider-Man buys a Captain America costume thing. Yeah, he goes to Stan's costume, so that was a cute little nod. Yeah, for sure. And I, I guess they were out of uh, costumes in his size. 
But yeah, because like, he buys a big one. He's like a 30-year-old dude. That's what he looks like. So I'm like, what yeah, size yeah. was left? Like a, a 3XL? Yeah, apparently. Because it's it's like hanging down to his knees. And then a guy sees him and is like, hey, it's Captain America. Your suit's pretty terrible there, buddy. <laughs> it's like, is that all it takes to like a costume store costume is all it takes to fool a, these people? A, a not even a well-fit costume store costume. That's the best part. Although I guess in their defense, like... Every no one was wearing like armor as a superhero in these days. No, but there should have been. Like, Adam West was wearing like a, just a spandex bodysuit. Rest in peace, buddy. I, oh my god, it was heartbreaking. Uh, but the uh, the other thing I love is like the the based on that truth, there ought to be a thing where the Red Skull buys a Captain America costume and then just robs a bunch of banks. Yeah, put on the mask. Like, <laughs> it's got a full face mask. Yeah, he did. I guess that would be true. He would need that part. But yeah. Um, also, Spider-Man gets in this jet and then he jumps out of it without a parachute and he uses spider webs as a parachute, which like, I'm not a physicist, but I think would cause you to plummet to your death. Well, no, because Spider-Man does have wings sometimes. But this is not that. It's the same basic concept, though. The wings he... go under his arm. He does like a flying squirrel suit. Yeah, thing. it's like a glide. And it's essentially what a parachute is. But I thought when he did that, he has, like, thick web wings, not just, like, you can see through this. It's, oh, you can, it, it looks I like mean, a net. He holds a net over his head as a parachute. Okay, that is true. So, yes. But generally speaking, there is a web flying system in I'm place willing to give you that, but this is not that. like not a, a fishing net. Yeah, he literally jumps out of a plane with a fishing net and is like, saunter, 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 <laughs> float, down, 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 down. Uh, so, so it turns out the uh, the machine that Red Skull has is a magic mind switcher. You can put two things in it and swap their brains. It's like my favorite like children's cartoon trope. Oh yeah, it's it's got it's it's not just cartoons too. It's a lot of movies. Yeah, I'm, I think that the episode of Futurama where they all switch brains is one of my favorites. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it's a great it's a great comic book villain device because it's nonsensical but also kind of terrifying if you're six. Yeah, like what would happen? Oh no, I can't trust anybody. Um, so the uh, Spider-Man breaks in and he fights some robots and a couple of knights for some reason. Robotic knights. Yeah, I guess Transformers um, was a thing. Yeah, yeah. He does a <laughs> he does a pretty great wrestling throw of the one, and he he beats up these Robo Knights. Um, and then Red Skull and Cap are in the machine to get Switch. And Spidey tosses the shield, and then Cap kicks it, and off of that, it hits the lever and flips it from on to off. I love that there's a giant on-off lever that is clearly marked and clearly, like, labeled. It's, like, 18 inches long sticking out of the machine, this lever. It's ridiculous. It feels like the kind of thing that you would have that would be, like... A, it's like a ceremonial switch for like a tree lighting. That's how big yes, this is. Absolutely, it is. I've seen ceremonial switches that weren't as big as this. Oh switch. yeah, no, I've never seen one IRL that big. It's very Acme cartoon, uh, you know, uh, Looney Tunes Acme, uh, Acme brand switch. Uh, Tex Avery. Yeah, thank you. That's what I wanted. Um, also, there's so there's a big fight. It turns out Red Skull has a giant laser in his chest, which is kind of a weird choice. I mean, at this point, I'll believe anything about Red Skull. He would it would have been more believable if he just had like a bunch of fashion advice for Spider Man's baggy costume or like a glitter cannon. Yeah. See, see, I went, I was doing dandy, and now you're doing gay stuff, and people are going <laughs> to conflate the two and think that I was doing gay stuff, and I wasn't trying to do that. I was for the trying record, to do dandy. Trip doesn't do gay stuff. <laughs> no, just that's so not, that's not what I mean, you asshole. <laughs> you know so that's not what I mean. Clear. People are gonna think I'm doing stereotypical Trip, shitty gay jokes. Trip doesn't Trip do doesn't gay do stuff. Gay stuff. What is that even supposed to mean? <laughs> that you don't do gay stuff. <laughs> that's not what I, I'm not saying. I'm, I'm not defending so, my. Okay, re, re, I guess Trip does you, do gay stuff. You, I guess Trip does do gay stuff. Yeah. Turns out I don't know my brother. <laughs> Oh, I hate you and hope you die in a fire. <laughs> so the good guys win, as you would expect. And it's a short cartoon, so the fight doesn't last very long, uh, which is great for me. And Yeah, because uh, Red, Sk- Red Skull calls the scientist ugly and is like, for some reason. So the scientist is like, I'm going to fight back. He shouldn't have yeah. called me ugly. And I was like, is this like a, a, a forlorn lovers thing that we like yeah. didn't get to see? 
it, they do have a very strange relationship. It's very weird. They also um, kill Red Skull. Yeah, no, they don't. They send Red Skull's soul essentially like into the ether, and then who knows what happens next? I feel like it was a setup for a thing where Red Skull's soul takes over another body. Kind of like how a lot of season one of Buffy ended with like things to come back later that definitely never came back later. Right, right, like right. Invisible yeah. Girl. Where was she? Where did she go? <laughs> we're we're wanting to know, Joss Whedon. We need to know. We demand answers. At Dissectomania, please respond, Joss Whedon. <laughs> I will be tagging you in the episode when this episode drops. You better get us some information, Joss. And then we uh, we cut to the end of the Muppet Vision ride at Universal yep. Studio at at, uh, at MGM Studios, and uh, it's just Cap riding on a, a an American Eagle american flag float that's raining red white and blue confetti yeah yeah a big old parade and it's like whoop episode over it's very abrupt they both have pretty abrupt endings actually yeah it felt like they were like these should have been like two episode stories well not even that just like it's i think they're totally fine as single episode stories but there's no there's no denouement like the it's you know act one act two act three and then boom it's over there's no like you know okay and then we settle in to yeah, close there's the no there's no afterglow it's just boom get out yeah exactly i called you an uber get out yeah exactly so uh we'll just do this real quick after each and then i guess we'll compare and contrast did you what did you think of spider-man no friends <laughs> lonely spider-man i thought lonely was- spider-man was solid i mean i th- i find spider-man engaging enough as a character to just see him um I, he's not my absolute favorite superhero or like comic book character um but i find him engaging on his own because he's like quippy and kind of funny but still relatable i didn't find this i didn't think this guy was funny enough like i i'm with you i, I generally I want like more quips yeah yeah, yeah, I like I like the not quite uh, Deadpool level, but I like when Spider Man has a little bit of a sense of humor to him. Um, animation is super cheap, as you'd expect, but the voice acting is pretty good overall, even though it's yeah. not a lot of recognizable voices. Um, and it was like fun and silly, and and the kind of thing that uh, I feel like is like I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this. This is like. Re- in sports, they do replacement level, like where you're just like the exact minimum to qualify as being a professional and like you're utterly replaceable, but you are also the baseline for talent for, for okay. playing professional sports. Um, so I would call this a replacement level cartoon episode that like it doesn't do anything particularly interesting. It doesn't do anything really bad. It's like exactly what an 80s cartoon should be like. And like the, you could you could you could show this episode up against pretty much any series from that era and it would feel like the same kind of cartoon episode. I can't buy that. I, I would agree with yeah. that. Um, so let's jump into the second one, which is Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Spider-Man and with optional X-Men. friend attachment. <laughs> you paid extra for that. Yes. Just like you paid extra for the cigar attachment for your Catskills bot. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're a fool. See our episode on Heartbeeps if you're confused. Uh, this also starts with a monster montage in the song. Um, in a swinging a s- 60s song. Yeah, I, saw, I thought this song was a little bit better. I guess we could talk about that later, but I uh, personally thought this song was a little bit better. But we have um, a bunch of monsters, and then we cut to a uh, uh, secret base. It's, the, it's, it's X Manor. No, it's not. Oh, What's it called? What's oh, it called? It's Xavier. Mansion. Xavier's Mansion? Oh, God. I'm gonna Xavier's so School much. for Gifted Youngsters? It's called that, but I thought there was like a another like a shortened version. I'm going to get so much shit from my like nerd friend. <laughs> um, I can't remember. Um, the Mansion. The so X-Men this is mansion. This is Spider-Man, Firestar, and Iceman. Iceman. Uh, Firestar was a replacement character. It was supposed to be Johnny Storm, but there were some rights issues over who actually owned Johnny Storm, so they couldn't use him in this movie or the show rather. Well, now and now we got a girl, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, I also love their one piece with no seams at all costumes. Yeah. It's a lovely magical world they live in where fabric the, is just stuck to your body. Like literally the only way you could put this on would be to stretch the neck hole big enough to put your whole body <laughs> in it. Yeah. And like I don't know if you guys know anything about elastic, but it does not bounce back after that. <laughs> or or I'm picturing the the day they pick it up and the elastic is shot. And it's just, they go to stretch, and it's just like... Yeah, yeah. Damn yeah, it! Yeah. That's like the third wear. 
Firestar has a thousand of these uniforms because she just rips them off of her body and throws them away. Yeah, she, just gets, she, just, she just gets cut out of them. Yeah, they all have to. They all have like a, we use like a like a blade with like a protected blade that you can slide along down like they do to cut your clothes like, off at a hospital or like a mattress cutter. Yeah, you cut those yeah. open. That is a very specific reference. Also, we have to bleep it out in keeping with our no adverti- no podcast oh. advertisers until we have podcast advertisers. Mattress, mattress, <laughs> sheets. <laughs> I've just, this, this episode's all beeps. So like, what was yeah. he saying? God, what couldn't we hear? Uh, I've so- definitely seen an episode of this before. Really? Yeah, on like a VHS tape at I think. I'm going to say JJ's house. Okay. I'm pretty sure they had it. It was a tape of like the first episode of the X-Men cartoon with Jubilee and the Sentinels. We had that tape. Did we too? Yeah. I definitely watched it over there. It came from Pizza Hut. Oh, well then. And I think on that tape was an episode of this show where Firestar, because I remember distinctly Firestar flew and was trying to like track someone's car and she burned an arrow into the top of it so that she could follow it from the sky. (laughs) And like in retrospect, I'm like, he's going to notice like that. Like he's going to get out of his car and be like, what the heck? What the fuck happened to my car? (laughs) That's pretty lovely. Um the the thing that definitely sets this show apart from the other version is that Stan Lee voices the interstitials. That was awesome. Yeah, it was very cool. Professor X is the worst voice casting of any person I, in history. I was so thrown off because I'm so used to Sir Ian. No, no, not Sir Ian. Sir Pat uh, is Patrick Stewart knighted. I don't. I think so. We'll say Sir Patrick Stewart. He's earned it at this point. I'm, I'm pretty so, sure he is. I'm so used to Sir Patrick Stewart or even uh, James McAvoy in the newer ones. They both have like a very like elegant qu- speaking quality, and this dude also is, gravitas. Yes, this dude has none. A presence, a stately mat, a stately elegance. Like he needs to sound like a man in control of a situation, not like well, Firestar. Your your skills need some work. Like, why is Professor X a gremlin? <laughs> why is Cobra Commander also Professor X? <laughs> because Trip can only do four voices. But you're not far off, though. That's the problem. No, it's very close. Yeah, no, it's bad. It's bad. Um, also, um, Frank Welker in the house, voice at Iceman. Yeah, that's. I was. I was like, oh, it's Freddy from Scooby Doo. Yep. What are you doing here? Uh, the legendary Frank Welker, who I think has spent his entire life in a recording booth. Like I'm Mostly pretty sure animal he... sounds. <laughs> but he he is. I think. Uh, I think living in just a recording booth. Yeah. Why not? Um, they also there's a as as Firestar is like doing her simulation, she starts to fly, and one of the robots turns off the gravity, and she comes crashing to the ground. And I was like, "Wait, she she was flying! Like she has the ability to fly. How yeah. did that do anything?" Yeah, no, it's it doesn't make a lick of sense because later she flies all over the place. Yeah, zip zap zapping around. Um, we we also get the eighties pronunciation of hologram, which is hologram. Yeah, I like which that I find much. just utterly delightful. I also, I was also based on that waiting for robots, and to turn out this was a Canadian show, but because <laughs> I think hologram is how the Canadians might say that word. So the villain of this is called Siberiad, which is definitely okay. a first draft name. I thought it was Siberius at first. No, and then they, I swear they said Siberius at least once. I didn't. I I I distinctly call Siberia because I thought it was awful. It's definitely a first draft name, and I, while I don't think you've seen it yet, this is not. Yeah, unobtainium, classic one. Although I've later learned that unobtainium is like a general scientific term. Oh, is it really? Use, yeah, as when you're talking about materials like the one in the movie, but the most egregious lately, and I thought the movie was excellent, but uh, in Wonder Woman, one of the characters is called Doctor Poison, and I just was like, "Are you kidding me, guys?" Like. That's a first draft name. I'm sorry. Like that's a first draft name that you write because you're you're trying to get the story down, and then you go back and you fix it. Doctor Poison is a bad name. Siberiad is worse. Doctor Poison. Yeah, it's it's a stupid name. But go see Wonder Woman. It's excellent. And there, uh, if anyone wants to donate money so I can buy the Wonder Woman leather jacket at Hot Topic, just throw that our way. I'll I'll, I'll give you my Venmo if you want to Venmo me. <laughs> There's a really lovely leather and Wonder Woman jacket. How- 
Andrew got hacked by a person on the internet and drained his bank account. So Firestar is super scared, which is a weird thing for a superhero to be. Because she's a woman trip. Yeah, it was lame. I'm, I'm, I'm I agree, but she, literally all I, the women in this show are written like two-dimensional like paper dolls who crumble no, with under absolutely. pressure. Yeah, they're terrible. And it sucks because Firestar has like the coolest powers of any of these people. Yeah, no, Storm's pretty cool. I see. We've had this discussion before. I don't think Storm's powers are all that cool. I think controlling the weather is pretty neat. Although to be yeah. fair, Shadowcat, who her name is Shadowcat, not Trixie or Prixie, Pixie, whatever the hell they called her in this show. Her name is Shadowcat. I thought it was Jubilee. No, Jubilee makes the fireworks with her fingers. But when I looked up this name, uh, Sprite, it said Jubilee. No, sp- Sprite. That's her Sprite. But her name is Kitty Pride or Shadowcat. She phases through things. Kitty Pride is. Kitty Pride is Jubilee, is she not? No, that's Jubilation Lee. I'm checking this now because I swear I looked this up earlier no. and it said Jubilee's it. real name is Jubilation Lee and Kitty Pride's name is Shadowcat, but for some reason they called her Sprite. Trust me, mm. I've looked at your I've looked at the trading cards you had as a child so often that I've memorized a lot of stupid things about the about like minor X-Men characters. Oh, see, the reason I got confused is because it was called uh Sprite was Wolverine's favorite X-Man and when I clicked favorite X when I clicked that it brought up Jubilee not Kitty Pride. That's weird. Yeah. I just did it again on the same weird but Wikipedia page. So Jubilee's real name I is up. I didn't get that oh. far. I'm sorry. I trust you on that part. Oh, I, I just I, I thought part we were of the like, No, I I, I, I believe that, that you're right. That sounds that, that sounds X-Man. It sounds accurate. Stanley was not very good at character names or whoever it was. They weren't very good at character names. Uh anyway, I, um, I really like Kitty. I really like Shadowcat's powers. I think they're solid in a way that like they're not like life alter. Like you don't have to tell anyone, and like no one's gonna know. But they're super helpful. I, I guess. I wouldn't ever. I would never carry keys, ever. It <laughs> <laughs> seems like a pretty low grade thing that uh, <laughs> to be excited about as a superpower. But that's fine. Well, she also traps uh, people in the ground sometimes. She like yeah. grabs them and they sink in and then she gets out and she runs away and they're stuck. Uh, but she is not in this show. So let's talk about people who are in this she, show. Yes, yeah, she is. Her, they call I her. You were talking about Jubilee. No, Jubilee. See, you've confused me. Jubilee makes fireworks. That is her superpower, and it is the lamest of the lame. Okay. She literally is just like a, a, a rock laser show. That's her superpower. <laughs> anyway, um, they they get trapped in the room and. Uh, Professor X starts scanning their minds to try to see if he goes, they will. He goes, hang on. He said, one of you knows the truth. Let me scan your minds. And I was like, or we could ask the people. Or we could use words and have a conversation. Like, let's not jump right to mind <laughs> probing, dude. Feels like a little bit of a jump to the gun for your superpower there, prof. <laughs> Feels like you're just desperate to use this power. Anybody want me to read their mind? Anybody? Anybody? You want to see what happens when I read your mind? Like, no. No, we don't. But my favorite is he says... Don't worry, Spider-Man. I won't give away your secret identity. And it's like, well, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah. That's all I'm thinking <laughs> now about. That's the only thing I can think of. It's going to be me <laughs> screaming my secret identity in my head over and over again. <laughs> you just pink elephanted me, you asshole. Like, why would you do that? They sh- they f- they show the flashback, and it's Firestar and this guy that she used to be with. And she's like in the Firestar outfit on a date with this guy who's wearing, like, jeans and a polo. It's so bizarre. Like, can't she have casual wear? Like, why does Firestar not get to have a dress or pants or whatever she would like to wear? I feel like it was the early 80s. It would have been, like, super high-waisted pants up to her nipples and, like, a crop top. (laughs) Like, a crop sweater. That's what she should have been wearing on this date. Not her unitard. Not a superhero unitard. Like, what? She's wearing a morph suit. Uh, So it turns out that Firestar created this guy by She was around when he got created. (laughs) Well, I mean, they do have a big bad kerfuffle that that leads to him turning into half-robot. No, no, no. She was standing. She was just happened to be there when the people broke in and started shooting. Yeah, she well, didn't she's fire a superhero. His, she didn't burn his face. Right, but she's a superhero. You would think that she could, like, fight crime. She's a superwoman. Okay. And in this world, women ha- just have to cry about men. <laughs> this does not pass the Bechdel test, in case you were wondering. This fails the, Bech- the Bechdel test. Um, 
so the cyborg design is actually pretty cool. And then later there's this kind of like internal struggle where you can hear like the robot half and the human half fighting each other, which I kind of dug. Yeah, that I, I think there were elements of this that I really enjoyed and would have would be cool, better fleshed out. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so they split up to battle. So our our chunks are Professor X, Spider-Man and Firestar, Cyclops, Sprite and Colossus and um, Iceman, uh Storm and Thunderbird, right? Yes. Thunderbird, yeah. Thunderbird is the Native American character that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, I did not know of him before either. Um, I just couldn't read my writing on the word bird. I was, <laughs> I, I thought it said Thunderbind, and I was like, that can't be right. Um, He's a bookmaker. So, <laughs> That's his power. <laughs> he, he puts together the choicest books. Um, and earlier we saw Nightcrawler, but now he's been flipped over, and he's a bad guy. No, Nightcrawler got kidnapped, and so the cyborg creature is making the hol- making holograms of Nightcrawler. Right, right. And so the best is at one point he like has the night Nightcrawler hologram like appear like teleport in and talk to his friends, and he's like, "Follow me." And then the character, then Nightcrawler flies down the hallway, and I was like, "Nightcrawler can't fly." Why is everyone following him? Like, they think he's Nightcrawler. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, oh, I'm going to give this guy a piece of my mind. It's like, well, no, you know it's a trap, right? Like, you've, yeah. you've, you've fought supervillains before, right? Like, they kind of have an M.O. Can I see your resume, sir? <laughs> so Colossus gets knocked out, and then the, the fake version traps Sprite in, in this weird, like, padded room. Mm-hmm. It's it's made of vibranium, so she can't phase out of it. Right. Uh, And then Cyclops is trapped in a different room, and he manages to, like, slowly grind his way out with his laser eyes somehow. Apparently, his laser eyes have a setting button that we don't see. Yeah. (laughs) He's able to... You know, maybe... I guess the visor could have an intensity dial, right? So it's like... In the X-Men movies, it does. It's like a toast meter on the side, right? So it's like light, dark. But you have to go all the way past it to... And then go back to it, like yeah. like to set the timer. Yeah, but in the in the X Men new movies, uh, the Brian Singer ones, it's very clearly an like an intensity dial on the side of his visor. Stand to reason that that comes from the comics. Um, but there's a great line with Kitty Pride where somebody says to her, "I've grown accustomed, accustomed to, to your, your phase." phase. Yeah. Oh my god. I was like, that's it. Okay, well, the episode's over. Cut, print, wrap. Good short, guys. See you at the after pun, party. Pun game on point, you guys. Pun game on point. Then we have Spider-Man, Firestar, and Professor X in the elevator. And this is Professor X not in his floating chair, in his like a regular wheelchair. Yeah. And the elevator like cable snaps. Mm-hmm. And Firestar, like, blasts a hole in the roof and flies out to grab it. And I was like, girl, couldn't you just, like, fly up against the roof and, like, slow it down? Like, couldn't you? Yeah, you, you, would, you would think. You would think that would be an option. But uh, it's like the better Spider-Man. Option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man has to go out and, like, web it to something to hold the elevator up. Um, <laughs> so they... <laughs> oh, God, I can't even believe this is in this episode. They get out of the elevator... And then uh, everyone shows up somehow because yeah. just re- just reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deus Ex Machina. Everyone shows up, and then Professor X goes, "We have to get through the maze of madness." And I was like, <laughs> "Why do you this- have a maze of madness? <laughs> and why uh, does it lead somewhere? <laughs> why did you install in your?" School for children, for an area called the Maze of Madness. As the only way to get to the attic in your sub-basement. Because that also makes no sense, buddy. Don't think I didn't <laughs> clock that shit. Uh, feels like a good way to get your school shut down, if I'm being feels honest. Like, and it's, here's the thing. It's not like these are like gifted as in like very smart kids who have to solve the maze. These are yeah. kids with like earth-shattering powers. Let's yeah. not frustrate and confuse them at the age of 16 when they're already frustrated and confused. Yeah, for a whole host of different reasons. Like, they have teenager madness as well as mutant madness. I want to kiss we a boy and I want to kiss a girl. Oh, God. We don't need to have a maze of madness. <laughs> so they get through the M.C. Escher painting. They do get through the M.C. Escher painting. But what were you going to ask? Uh, oh, have you ever seen the, the panel from one of the Wolverine books where... 
there's a kid who has mutant powers that are basically like he completely fries the brains of everyone in like a two mile radius and he just no. like is he's always like murdering everybody in his town uh wolverine like finds him in a cave and the kid is like freaking out and he's like do you know who i am the kid's like yeah and he's like so you know you can't hurt me right yeah and so wolverine has like a six-pack and he gives this kid a beer and then it's like one of my favorite couple pages of a comic i've ever read and then like he and wolverine have this little talk and then just wolverine walks out of the cave because like it's the only thing you could do like the kid's power is so totally uncontrollable so like he walks in with a six-pack and he walks out empty-handed by himself Oh, yeah. Heartbreaks. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, Firestar gets... They both get trapped in these weird, like, uh, snow globe lights. Yeah, he calls them um, plasma bubbles. Which, like, sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Magic science terms. I get it. But, like, really? And then she has to, like... uh, But, like, the bubbles aren't stationary. Like, they're not trapped. Like, it feels like they can walk around and still be surrounded by this bubble. Yeah, but they so, can't get out of the bubble. It's very bizarre. So uh, Professor X communicates telepathically and helps her bust out. And then she leaves to have a chat with Siberiad. Like, you think it's like, oh, she's going to go kick his ass. And it's like, no, they're just going to, like, talk about their feelings. They're going to talk it out. So uh, while that's happening, X-Men and Spider-Man bust out. And they're like, oh, we got to stop. This place is going to blow up. We got to fix the problem. So he's like, two. there's... Less than two minutes left in this episode, and it's like, we got to turn off this bomb and stop the bad guy. And so they both just happen, like, boom, and then it's like, okay, episode's over. Goodbye. It's that's all, folks. Yeah. This one should have been a two-parter, for sure. Yes. So what did you think of Amazing Friends? I thought this was fun. I I really enjoyed the X-Men. So, like, it was a nice ensemble episode to watch. Which uh, I think I think I like this one a little bit better. I do too. I, I like the the dynamic created, even though I do think I like Spider Man as a standalone. I like the dynamic of him with his friends. And also, it was kind of weird because Firestar and Spidey kind of had a romantic connection. It seemed, and then there yeah, was, was moments where she and Iceman did. And apparently, like, I looked it up, and they like, they all kind of dated each other. Oh well, heterosexually, they all dated each other. Like she dated <laughs> both of them. I should say it wasn't yes. like a triad. It was a V. Um, yeah, yeah, which I think I thought that was interesting for a children's cartoon from 1981 to 1985. That, that yeah, that, that would have been like do. dealing with that. Like, if it feels like Spider, if it's Spider Man and his amazing friends, it should have been like Spider Man got the girl. Yeah, not that well, uh, not that a girl is a prize to be won, but right. in 1981 cartoon shows. So, what did you you say you like this one better? I did. Yeah, I, I feel like. Like I was gonna do tail of the tape, like we we're I was talking to you before about like oh we should compare trash, but like I think Amazing Friends wins like on all the things I compare. Like the animation's more expensive looking, the theme song is better. So I, I just think that Amazing Friends would win in all the categories that I want to discuss. Like I, the theme song is way better because it's not weird like glass flutes and sixties nonsense. I mean they're, they're both pretty sixties when it gets down to it. I would yeah, say. I, I think Amazing Friends is more what I want out of a children's cartoon of this era and the animation's way better and the voice talent is the voice talent like the exception of professor x is generally pretty good um yeah because i i mean i i thought they were pretty it's i don't think it's a a big curve between the two of like no they're they're close i mean it's pretty it's like barely past a coin flip for me yeah exactly but i honestly would recommend either one of these to you and i I would say like either one super they're fun yeah, yeah, it's a nice way to whet your appetite for Spider-Man Homecoming, a.k.a. Spider-Man, the protege of Tony Stark, who doesn't get to do anything but be Iron Man Jr. Um, well, no, he's, he has to be Spider-Man. He does some Spider-Man stuff. But, like, all the gear is given to him by Tony Stark. Not the webby stuff. Yeah. No, in he the new one, absolutely it is. In the, he, he, made the, he made them. There's literally a scene in the trailer that's like, I'm not Spider-Man without that suit. And Tony Stark's like, well, you can't have that suit. It's mine. No, I mean, they showed in um, Civil War that it was him. He made his web, web, web slingers. I know this is a hot take, but like, that's the dumbest thing of, of all the Spider-Man stuff. What? The fact that the like the Sam Raimi making the web shooters a natural thing is the smartest decision anyone's ever made about Spider-Man because it's way easier for me to buy radioactive spider made kid a spider than it is to be 16 year old built some non-Newtonian fluid that also can be shaped into webs and is this tensile strength of steel and also disappears after three hours. 
okay. But, he, but the, I mean, the, the whole conceit behind Spider-Man is that he's like a child genius. No, I know. I'm just saying. I could buy lots of things, but not that one. <laughs> also, also, if you invented that, you should just sell it to the military for $10 billion and live off those profits in the Cayman Islands. Unless you want to help people because hey, well, your parents are dead or something. Or your uncle died. Someone <laughs> Well, his parents dies. are dead before that. Yeah. Also, while we're on the subject, Aunt May Aunt should May? not be so hot. Aunt May should not be Marissa goddamn Tomei. Yeah, know, Aunt May should not be sexy. I should not want to have the, the relations with Aunt May. You She's know, who supposed was a, to be an old woman. a real good Aunt, like, Aunt May? Also, why was Aunt May always drawn as like a hundred year old woman? Like, she's not <laughs> great. She's not great, great <laughs> Grammy May. It's Aunt, Aunt May. She should be. No, Aunt May should be. She should be like grandma age. Uh, but why? <laughs> because. Because, like, I, I, I got why in the the Sam Raimi trilogy that she looked, like, ancient. Because it, she looked just like she did in the comic books. Great, great Grandma May for some reason. Yeah. But then I was like, Sally Field in the newer ones, the Andrew Garfield ones, I was like, that makes sense. Because that, that's about what an ant would look like to a kid that age. I, I agree, but we're not talking about an ant. We're talking about Aunt May, and Aunt May is a grandma. <laughs> like... <laughs> Whose sister is she? <laughs> She's the grandma's sister. Yeah, it's your it's your great great grandma aunt May. <laughs> yeah, it's his great aunt. He just says aunt because you wouldn't say if you had a great aunt you wouldn't call her great aunt Thea to her face. You'd call yes, her you call her aunt would. Thea. You would not say great aunt Thea to the person's face. You would just say aunt Thea. No, you would say great aunt Thea. That's what. No, people, you wouldn't. That's in every, insane. In every like in every movie or TV show that has a great aunt character, they're referred to as great aunt something. That's a weird sentence. I'm sorry. I disagree. I don't think you'd say great aunt. I think because we don't aunt. have any great aunts. We right, but if we did, we wouldn't call them great aunt to their face. That would be weird. Why is that weird? It's what they are. Be- you would just call them aunt Thea or aunt May, as it were. I don't think so. All right. Well, this is a dumb thing to argue about. Guys, so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to rate and review wherever you're listening to it. As always, this is what we need from you. We, we need you to do that. If you need more information about the show, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash dissectingthe80s, and on Twitter at Dissectomania. We always love to get to hear from you guys. So if you want to give us a quick phone call, it's 856-D-I-S-S-E-C-T. Apologies to Nissan of New Jersey, who keeps calling the Dissecting the 80s hotline and leaving me messages about a car that I don't own. I'm not Bill, and it's not my car, and I'm not going to call you back. Um, Our next episode comes to you on July 17th to celebrate the return of Daenerys Targaryen and the Game of Thronesers. Daenerys Targaryen. Hang on, rather. Hang on. Did you mean Daenerys Targaryen? You know nothing, John Ice. You know nothing. Jim Ice. Jimmy Ice. Jim Ice. Jimmy Ice. Oh, we got dragons here. He like a character in Johnny Dangerously. (laughs) That there's Jimmy Ice. (laughs) He's got dragons all over his property, that Johnny Ice. Jimmy Ice, I mean. Jimmy Ice. We clearly established a character and I forgot it already. Oh, Jimmy! You got them, uh, you got them dragons? He's got, his hands are just, is it, I just turned into a Dick Tracy character. I was gonna say, his hands, his hands are just blocks of ice. His hands are just blocks of ice. Hey! Yes. That's, that would work in Johnny Dangerously. I think so. Uh, so yeah, we'll see all those people, like the, the Red Queen, I think, is in there. And That's then, like, Alice in Wonderland. A, I think there's a wolf. Right, there There's are some kind wolves. of wolf, wolf, and then uh, they're always talking about how summer is coming. I think is also a thing with that show, and then and then there's like a mother of the pearls or something. I don't know, mother of the bride. <laughs> oh yeah, mother of the bride. Yeah, yeah. She summons brides. Yeah, and then they had that like big wedding that one time where like everybody got married all at once, which is kind of a weird thing for a show to do. Group wedding. Yeah, it was a group wedding. It was like the millennium. Yeah. When, like, everybody got married in the same, at the stroke of midnight in the year 2000 kind of thing. We've just ensured that no one will listen to that episode. So, really good job, Trip. Um, yeah. I know we will marginally more about Game of Thrones than you, to be fair. To be fair, I knew all the stuff I was saying was stupid. I just, I don't, it's just not for me. So, I just did. I just knew how to pronounce Daenerys. That was the only. Dis- yeah. differentiate well i've only i uh, to be to be quite honest with you i've only ever heard it or only ever seen it written so you've never heard uh, anyone talk about it 
No, I don't. Why would they talk to me about a show I don't watch? Not talk. I mean, like you never like come upon a conversation in progress. <laughs> we now come to this conversation. <laughs> to it's, already it, so it's already in progress. Like you've never. <laughs> <laughs> when we last left our heroes, <laughs> they were talking about Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah, I've watched um, all of season one, and that's well, it. then then you're so informed. Let's get out of here. Thank you guys again for listening. I have been Trip Leno. I will always be Andrew Leno. Until July 17th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a Chum Some of This production. <laughs> <laughs>